Good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you very much for joining us tonight. I'll just, uh, Ivan, have you, can you hear me? Have I got you there? Sure can. How are you, mate? Very, very well. Very, very well. Um, now, thank you to everyone for joining us. This is the first session of five uh, over the next five weeks, which will coincide with the next ASX Options Trading Game. Uh, it's the Trading 360 Summit. And um, we decided to put on this event as a way of um, exploring uh, a whole range of different traders' approaches to trading options. Uh, we have uh, prop traders, full-time traders, funds managers, market makers, um, uh, brokers, uh, educators, a whole range of different people playing a role in this program over the next five weeks. And... It's a forum which is open and we encourage your questions and involvement and um, we're going to arrange it in a few different formats. For the next three weeks, uh, we're focused on educating you on picking direction, different options, trading strategies and different trading plans uh, and then we're going to get into more broadly how the market works, have the ASX come and talk, have a, have a market maker get involved, then we're going to talk about uh, our, our market views. Uh, and finally finish with some work around psychology, trading plans, and the other ingredients that we think are very, very important um, if you're going to be a successful trader. So I'm joined uh, through the series, my co-host uh, Ivan Cherrylove, and Ivan uh, is the CEO of Open Markets, the Managing Director of Trade Floor. Uh, Open Markets um, are a, a very progressive uh, online uh, broking business, um, they do a range of different things behind the scenes for the industry. So uh, you may not know it, but you might be trading through them and clearing through them at some level. Ivan also uh, and I met um, through uh, his, his business Trade Floor, which uh, the industry, and I've run a, a very busy options trading desk for the last 16, 17 years. Um, and uh, we met through uh, Trade Floor, and Trade Floor is a risk management system that the majority of uh, brokers in Australia use um, and Im amazing technology which has revolutionised the way people get information about options, price options uh, and understand their positions. So um, uh, we, we, I'm, I'm joined by Ivan today in today's session and I, Ivan and I went on uh, to uh, run a business together called Implied Volatility and Reach Trading uh, which is uh, probably the fastest growing online broking options broking business in Australia and uh, and trading and options platform, uh, which is something we've been working on over the last couple of years together. So um, tonight's session, Ivan and I are going to go through some of our favoured strategies and, um, uh, and, and have a bit of a chat about some of the things that we think dictate how people do and execute these things successfully. Um, so Ivan, good to have you on. How have you been? Good, good. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, good. Um, I was. We're pretty pleased. We overtook NAB uh, last month, um, and almost we we almost uh, got in uh, with with uh, CMC, which does ANZ and Suncorp, and uh, Comsec Advisor Services, which does uh, Westpac. So we we we're, we're close to being second, but probably another three four months away. Um, so that was that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Other than that, just just typical kind of thing that, that we we live in. Yeah, locked inside a four wall radius. Yeah, of course uh, we are stuck in Melbourne. Um, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> uh, so our lives. What are that feels like. It's been probably 
sort of the most productive six months of my life is basically all you can do is work at the moment. Television. I thought you were going to uh, say because you haven't seen me for about six months, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking a lot less, um, funnily enough, unlike most people. <laughs> um, oh, God, okay. Yeah. All right, so... Let's 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 keep going. So any advice contained in tonight's presentation is general only. It doesn't take into consideration your personal circumstances. You need to decide whether it's appropriate for you. Past returns are not an accurate indicator of future returns. And if you're going to trade, trading is risky if you do not know what you're doing. Um, if you don't educate yourself, your most likely outcome is you'll leave having lost money and probably uh, leave it alone from there. Uh, it is very important that you understand what you're doing if you're trading and the sessions and the summit and the, over the next five weeks is about giving you more information, more education. We've designed this for people who are new to trading and also for experienced traders. So uh, over the next period of time, we'll be talking about things that um, you may not understand, may go over your head. And as a result, we've put together an education course which gives you all the basics of trading, right? So what is an option? technical analysis, all the basic things that you need to understand to then allow you to, to get active, to understand the broader strategies and, and other things that we'll be talking about. So if you're new, I would recommend you type in education into the chat box and we will set you up with a free online education program that Ivan and I put together uh, over probably about a period of a year, um, which has got all the basics uh, and also advanced content uh, around options trading and trading and picking direction and strategy and trading plans and a whole range of different information. So um, if you want that, again, just type in education at any point in time to the chat box. If you don't know where your chat box is, um, it, it should be open on your screen. Uh, it will either be a question mark at the top, top bottom of your mobile device. If you click on that, uh, you can put uh, your question in and then... Um, and, and, and as we go tonight, uh, if there's a question asked, we'll either tackle it as we're going uh, or we'll wait till the end of the presentation and go through absolutely everything at that point in time. All right, so um, we're going to uh, uh, each week be getting different people in to share and I'll, and I'll show you who they are, but really we want this to be a practical session um, where we're actually giving you things that you can go away with. Uh, the session tonight will be recorded and, and it is going to be placed onto uh, the resource page and every other session will be placed onto that page. And because you've, you've signed in to come along, we'll make sure that you get access to that page. So um, we'll, um, yeah. It's all right. So uh, these are some of the speakers that will be on uh, during the next uh, five weeks. Um, some very experienced um, key industry figures. Um, I'm also... Uh, have invited a market maker along who's just confirming with their uh, compliance team <laughs> out of Hong Kong tonight that they uh, that they are approved to come along and speak, um, and uh, we'll have them involved. If not them, we'll get another one in. Um, so a good rounded uh, group of people with a different background, range of different backgrounds from funds management, prop trading, or more, more traditional prop trading. Um, and, and, and a whole range of different experiences in there for you over this period of time. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about breakout trades. So how to, how to trade the market or how Ivan and I trade the market when we see a breakout and we think there's going to be a significant move, how we trade it when we think the market's going to stay within a range and go sideways, uh, as many things have been doing recently. 
or if you're at a pivot point or you believe volatility is going to spike, maybe on a major event or it's at a, at a key technical level and you think, Man, I don't know if it's going to go up or down, but I believe it's going to go strongly up one way or the other. How do you trade that? So where, how do you trade it when the market's going up, when it's going down, when it's going sideways, or when you expect it's going to go one way or the other, you just don't know which way that's going to be. And I guess in many ways that highlights why we like to trade options because of the flexibility and the your it gives you the ability to actually um, trade a view. So work out what you think is going to happen and trade that particular view. All right. So with each of these strategies, we'll look at how to pick direction, how to set up the option strategy, and then the rules for that particular trade. All right. Uh, who are we? We're the education partner uh, to the ASX. Uh, we provide the best options technology available in Australia. Uh, we do a range of other things at REACH. Uh, uh, open markets do a range of other things. And our implied uh, volatility technology is the same technology and platform that Tradefloor and Ivan built for the ASX's options trading game. And uh, that options trading game is coming up. Uh, I believe it goes into sandbox environment next week. And then the game kicks off a week after that. So I believe on about the 20th, Ivan, is the, next, the 19th is when the next option game's kicks off. So everything that we're teaching through this next five You're weeks... You're so close, Pat. Except it went, into, it went into Sandbox yesterday. But that's okay. No, well. <laughs> Who cares? Sandbox. But okay, well, you can start now. Uh, and if you're not in the game, the other thing you can write in the chat box is game. And uh, we'll make sure that you're uh, registered into the game. If you've played it before, you can log in with the same username and password you've used in the past. If you haven't played it before, you can go to optionsgame.com.au and register there or type in game and I'll get someone tomorrow morning uh, to make sure everyone gets set up uh, to play the game. But it's an, the options game is an excellent way to practice any of the things uh, that we talk about or that are talked about over the coming weeks. All right. I think when we started off um, initially, Ivan, our focus was... Uh, really looking at what options traders needed to be successful, right? And uh, technology is critical uh, to that, but also the right support and the education around being able to allow you to understand what you're doing and give you the support to be able to do it and keep costs down low, which is critical. If you're going to start a business, the first thing, if you want to improve your bottom line, you can do, and the easiest thing many times is reduce costs, and that's been an important part. We want to make sure that people can come in and trade. They can trade at the lowest prices available. They can do so with the best technology and support and education around them so they can do it well. All right, so the important role that options play. Well, look, one of the key things that we like about options is they're traded in a marketplace, right? You're not trading against the house, but there are many other products which you could trade that the other side of the trade uh, is the provider of the option, right? And then there are obviously problems with that. If you go to the casino, they're going to stack the odds in your favour uh, or against you. Uh, in the options market, we trade in a marketplace. They give us flexibility. They allow us to trade lots of different scenarios where we can view from whatever our viewers of the stock, as long as we can predict what's going to happen, and that could be that it's going to go up, down, sideways, or there's just going to be a big spike in volatility, we can trade that view. Um, and we can make money, or we can use options to make money out of that particular view of the market. Uh, and we can use it to transfer risk. And a lot of the positions that people take in the options market are, in fact, around 
reducing risk in their portfolio. So while we're talking about trading tonight, probably the majority of people are using options to actually reduce risk, not to increase it. And they're not necessarily using it for leverage. They're using it to you know, decrease the volatility of their portfolio or generate additional income. But one thing that you need to understand if you're going to be an options trader, one of the key things that we look for uh, to gain an edge in the market is implied volatility. And uh, it's so important that the platform uh, that we use is named implied volatility. Um, and there's no one that I know that loves talking about implied volatility more than uh, Ivan. So Ivan, I'll hand over to you. Have you got control of the mouse? Uh, I do. Good. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I definitely love uh, talking about volatility a little bit too much. Uh, in fact, I, I believe that uh, it was about December, about three years ago, when we uh, bought the implied volatility to, yeah, three years ago, uh, yeah. when we bought the implied volatility domain on the back of a webcast that we were running uh, when you were yeah. still in the uh, uh, in um, your your previous company as you were transitioning to Reach. Um, but one of, yeah, what, what I don't know if, for, for those of you that, that sort of know the, the expression, uh, you know, fool is born every minute. Um, they say that it originates from from Wall Street, um, and it talks about um, and it sort of it's become relevant again. This expression, um, as we've seen this massive inflow of um, cash into very expensive stocks um, in January, February earlier this year, um, and sort of a similar trend now uh, as well. And one way to go, one way to go and understand. Um, what the real professional traders are thinking about is to understand implied volatility. Um, and basically, implied volatility is a forward-looking indicator, uh, unlike um, most indicators that you would have on a chart uh, or even fundamental indicators that you would have uh, with fundamental traders. Um, and typically, um, what happens is when people panic, volatility goes uh, becomes very high. So when there's a sell-off, people start... Um, trying to protect their portfolios to scramble, uh, and it's low during periods of complacency. Uh, so when there's a significant bull run, uh, volatility tends to drop off quite significantly. Um, so if you look at um, this chart of CBA back from 2019, um, this was during uh, a period where um, there was uh, the, uh, the Royal Commission was on, um, banking was... Um, uh, potential in, in, in under some danger. Um, what ultimately happened is every single time that implied volatility was low, um, and this is a chart straight from a, um, from the strategy builder of the implied volatility, we're the only company in Australia that has been holding this data um, for any period, let alone uh, over the last, I think, five years we've got now. And um, every time it gets into that green um, uh, uh green area when implied volatility became cheap, that actually was quite a, was typically the peak of the market and vice versa. Um, when volatility got into the high ranges, that tend to correspond with market uh, lows. And uh, if you look at how that actually transpired onto the chart, every single time implied volatility went into sort of that over 20% range was the area where you would be looking to buy the bounce. Uh, vice versa, when implied volatility was low, was typically around the peaks of the market. So it's a very powerful forward-looking indicator. Um, so where um, 
you know, you would have heard about indicators like, say, Bollinger Bands and 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 uh, similar indicators that try and use volatility to go in and predict what a future move may be or when something is overdone. Um, the powerful thing about implied volatility in, in particular is that it is it comes from the price of options and it tells us what's what the professional traders are expecting is going to happen in the future about a stock. Uh, when we've done research, we've found that it's actually quite accurate. Things like Bollinger Bands will still rely on historical volatility, so what has actually happened to the um, dispersion uh, of the stock uh, compared to the mean, for lack of a better word. So very simplistically, if um, a stock is trading with 20% implied volatility, like, like, like say CBA was, it means that the market is pricing in a 68% chance of uh, the stock either moving up or down 20% over the coming year, right? which is for the people who have done stats in the, in the room, uh, it's a one standard deviation move. So if you've got a stock that is $100, um, then a 20% uh, volatility, implied volatility, means that the professional traders in the room are giving a 68% chance of the stock ending up between $80 and $120 by the end of the year a 95% chance of ending up between 60 and $140, which is two standard deviations, and 99% chance of ending between $40 and $160, which is three standard deviations. Um, that is just saying take $20 um, to 20% times, uh, times 100 gives you $20 on the up and down, um, and each standard deviation, which is 68 95%, 99%, which is the statistics, uh, distribution, uh, you end up effectively multiplying it by one, two, or three, which is the standard deviation. So it sounds complicated, but in actual fact, it's relatively um, straightforward once you understand it. So more importantly, how does implied volatility measure up? So what we did, we, um, we spent a whole major um, uh, uh, research project with, with some quants that we had uh, that compared the actual standard deviation in the market versus the implied uh, volatility, so how good are options traders at predicting what the future is going to be? Uh, and so we did that over three years of daily data, uh, took every single stock that had options, and that gives about 53,000 samples. So what we found is that 40% uh, of trades ended up between half standard deviation each way, 70.4% ended up between one standard deviation versus, uh, well, one standard deviation each way, which stats show us is approximately a 68% chance. Um, a 95.1% chance of being between two standard deviations, which stats show us is a 95% is a chance move. Uh, and then uh, there was the 99.5 versus uh, 99%. Um, so what we found is that implied volatility is extremely, or the traders are very good at predicting uh, uh, what the future of a stock may hold uh, over a coming period. Uh, and namely, um, although we're, when we're talking about implied volatility being an annual measure, uh, we're ultimately looking at that over the period of the next one to three months um, where it's most accurate. So when you're looking at implied volatility as a stat, um, there's obviously one part of looking at that, which is, okay, implied volatility is high or it's low, which may potentially give me an opportunity to um, assess whether I want to be holding a, a 
uh, stock position or not holding a stock position, but uh, or or whether there's a bounce coming um, or, or a retracement. But uh, the way that professional traders uh, look at implied volatility, like market makers, is they ultimately trade it. And one of the best ways of trading it is uh, to use what's called an iron condor. And we typically trade our we trade with iron condors um, during periods when people are properly panicking, so when there's increased fear in the market. Uh, so when implied volatility is high, when that uncertainty is high, like March created some of the best trading opportunities that I've seen in about 10 years. And um, well, really, 2008 is 12 years. And um, there was some amazing opportunities trading iron condors that were extremely lucrative. So with an iron condor, it's a strategy which involves four legs, which is typically quite a hard strategy to put on, um, uh, which we have made uh, to be quite simple through the, through the way that the application works. Um, the idea behind or the hypothesis behind the trade is that uh, you expect that the stock uh, or the underlying asset is not going to move a lot. So you will profit if the market moves a little bit um, and you will lose if the market moves a lot. So you pick four options legs. So this is completely customizable and you pick what's called strike prices. And those strike prices are going to be equivalent to levels in the market that you're going to be looking at. Uh, so you're part of where you pick your, your options legs will be based on where you expect sort of your stop to be, uh, where you expect your um, ideal range to be, uh, and ultimately um, you, will, you will go in and pick those strikes according to that. So uh, most importantly, more than anything there, is that you will probably be sitting in a stock where implied volatility is going to be high. Uh, and we do have a way of measuring this, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but you expect that implied volatility is high. And because implied volatility is typically mean reverting, it means that you will anticipate that despite what happens in the price, normal market conditions are going to return to that particular asset over a certain period of time. Um, and so whether you're right or wrong, you're actually making, uh, you're actually trading the volatility, which is sort of that referred to sometimes as the third dimension of trading. So uh, it is typically classified as a more advanced option strategy to run because if you don't have uh, the implied volatility trading platform or, or if you're doing this in a game, you need to go in and um, with most online brokers select four different legs, trade four different legs um, and pick those strikes and kind of remember where everything needs to be. Um, whereas um, I'll talk about that in a second, sorry. So typically, you're expecting volatility to drop. It's, a, it's like an insurance-type um, writing strategy, which means that every day that passes, uh, it's going to be value for your strategy, so you want more time to pass with nothing really happening. Um, your maximum profit will occur between the two middle strikes, um, so between that period around B and C. Um, your maximum loss will occur below A and D. So when I spoke about um, having those inherent stop losses in, in, in the place, it ultimately uh, D is where you would set your upper level stop uh, and A will be your lower level stop and B and C are the strikes that you pick where you expect that the, the price is going to stay between. So you buy an out of the money put, um, you sell an out of the money put which is not so out of the money, you sell an out-of-the-money call and you buy a deep out-of-the-money call. 
deep out of the money call. So uh, looking at that, pretty complicated, uh, or you can just type in Iron Condor, um, or just type in Iron into the Options Cookbook in the platform, um, click on that, and it will build you an, uh, a, a four-legged strategy which is optimized for the stats that we've looked at before. So it'll actually sell the two legs um, where we know that there's the most optimal time uh, for you to, um, uh, to where it's most optimal to sell those legs. And then you can go on and just click some arrows to decide whether you agree with, with those strike prices or whether you, know, you want to widen that or, or shrink that based on potential support resistance lines. So ultimately, you're limited to the amount of uh, premium that you receive in the trade. So the idea is it sort of decays over time. So let's say you sell one month, um, or so you trade a one month iron condor. Um, if you receive $1,000, every day it gets closer to expiry. Um, you'll have more and more um, premium uh, effectively erode. Um, and the maximum loss is going to be the difference between strikes, which again, when you go on and press that, that, that button, it'll go and show you on the right-hand panel to go on and say, um, uh, what the maximum profit is, what the maximum loss is, uh, and what the what the risk um, uh, is on that trade. So, looking at how it works in in a more practical sense, uh, here's a chart of XJRO um, back a long period of time ago. Um, although the prices are very in, in very similar state, but um, uh, the stock is trading. Sorry, the the underlying index, the XJRO. The, the top 200 stocks in Australia, is trading at 6,000. Um, so you might take a view that the price is going to end up roughly in the same space over the next month. Right? So it's at 6,000, it's a key point, uh, and you think that there's going to be some consolidation around this. So one way to trade this is to go on and say, okay, I don't think it's going to go higher than 61.50, and I don't think it's going to go lower than 58.50 by the time that the strategy expires. So you sell a 61.50 call, you sell a 58.50 put. You then to protect yourself by a 6200 call um, and by a 5800 put. So anything in between that range, whatever those strikes are that you've picked, um, and they go on in 50 point increments typically, um, you will be able to um, get the maximum profit. So whatever you sold, whatever you received for doing this trade will be the amount that you'll ultimately get. So over this period of, of the strategy, it kind of went up to 61.50, and then it came right back down. So anything in that range below 61.50 and above 58.50 would give you the maximum profit. If it went to 7,000 points, um, you would take the maximum loss. If it went to 10,000 points, the loss would still be the same, and vice versa on the downside. It doesn't matter for you if the index goes to zero, um, you know, the world explodes, whatever. Um, but the idea is, is that if it stays between 5850 and 6150, you will make money. So the, the trick with this strategy is going and picking those strikes in the right position, and ultimately it's a scale of where you pick your strikes versus how much the market is paying you. So everything that we do in options is based around standard deviation based on percentages. Um, so when we talk about a one standard deviation move, um, it effectively gives you a chance that the stocks are going to go up or down um, roughly on a 34%. Um, level, 34% chance that it goes down, 34% uh, chance that it goes up or down. Um, and we play in this range. So you'll see that when sort of standard, this is a standard um, standard deviation uh, curve on a chart, which goes and shows you 
how likely is it over a one-year period based on implied volatility of an index moving a certain um, uh, deviation, which is that sort of that volatility concept that we spoke about before. Where the real option traders make money is in this period over here. So in the, in the areas where the curve is the most is, is the steepest. So you don't really go on and sell an iron condor out one year ago because, hey, we don't, none of us know what's going to happen in a year. Um, and you're probably not going to get the, the, the speed of the decay of, of the premium um, the quite as much as you would in a short um, distance. So you know it, it's much more likely you know that something is going to happen or not going to happen over a period of a month. So we play in that range. Um, where our information, um, where our quants actually found the best space to be is, is it's not necessarily trading around that one standard deviation range. Uh, it's actually trading in that half a standard deviation range. So bringing the, the salt legs in a little bit, which means that your chance of profit um, or your risk, sorry, your um, uh, your win rate is probably going to drop. Um, but on the, uh, on the flip side, what's going to um, improve is your overall profitability, which is ultimately what we're all about. Um, it's all about making money, not um, uh, not, not having a, a very high win rate um, necessarily. Um, so when we were running our stats, we ran millions of simulations over an extended, extensive data set, um, and we found that there's some really good scenarios to go on and trade um, uh, to trade uh, iron condors. So uh, we've created a trade idea widget that goes and tells you what the trade ideas are coming in. Um, you can go and cycle through those ideas. Um, keep in mind that there are months where uh, there will be zero trade ideas um, when uh, periods are like they are now where implied volatility is very low, uh, the market settled down again post-COVID. Um, but during March, we had a lot of different ideas. Uh, so um, it all gets ranked on a point schedule, which is based on a bunch of indi technical indicators, um, and it was based on a whole heap of different research that we did uh, over about a uh, year um, uh, with the quants, um, and it really simplifies everything down to uh, that that chance. So a 92-point strategy, uh, for example, means that we've got circa a 92% um, confidence of that trade working, uh, and it works on a max reward, max risk scale. So you can just go in and say, okay, for every um, two dollars I risk, roughly, um, I'm going to make a dollar, um, which which is adjusted for that. Um, instead of uh, being a 50/50 chance of something working, um, you know that when you go in and put on iron condor, it's going to be a roughly a 68% chance of being profitable, uh, and potentially, um, if you optimize it, potentially better off. Um, so through this, you can go on and change those ideas. You can go on and place that trade if you if you if you're not happy with the with the way that the strategy has been laid out. You can go on and make those adjustments um, and uh, any changes that, that you may need. Ultimately, it tells you where the break evens are going to be 24, 28. Um, it tells you where the maximum profit is going to be 25, 27. So if you, for example, don't agree or you don't think that over the next six days that BHP will will within a good degree of confidence state between that $25 and $27 range, then you can go in and edit the strategy, um, move some of those um, calls and puts um, to a different place and, and, and say, okay, I, I want to make sure that this is between 24 and 28, for example. Um, so uh, although that will impact your risk-reward, risk so you need to go in and, and uh, view that. And then ultimately you can go in and click place trade. 
uh, and then that is done. So instead of going and having to uh, restructure that, uh, it all gets pretty much set up. So that's a very quick crash course into R and condors uh, and implied volatility. Um, I a very, a very yeah, thanks, Ivan. That was great. And um, the couple of questions, I'll, which I think we'll try and answer a couple of questions in a couple of minutes, and maybe come back to the rest of them uh, if we haven't. Um, all right, uh, Murray just quickly has asked. Uh, you said recordings of these sessions would be on the resources section of the page. Okay, so if you go to the Reach Markets website and go to Trading Webcast, it will say 360 uh, Trading Summit. Um, and we'll put all the recordings in there, Murray. So as we go, we'll, we'll update them in there, um, and then um, and they'll be available in the in the in the previous webcast session section as well. Uh, Martin, what happens if one of the sold legs of an iron condor gets exercised pr prior to expiry? How often does this happen, and what would you do if this happens to you, Ivan? Um, so yes, yeah, so it definitely needs to be factored into consideration. Um, there's a video on the education page which talks about some of the different um, layouts um, that, that can happen. Um, you know, you get situations where the market might be right on one of those legs, so you definitely need to, to um, mention, oh, sorry, you need to, you need to um, uh, observe this. Uh, but ultimately, um, uh, it, it's sort of it's a, it's a game time decision. Um, you need to have a plan in place. Uh, best answer I can give you to that question is watch the video um, that talks about um, dealing with um, assignments and exercises in the education portal. But, uh, was in, a in, sorry, Ivan, but uh, someone else has asked about the education we mentioned earlier. So if you type in education into the chat box, then we'll send you the education course. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 And. But yeah, it's like that video physically talks about um, how to deal with different scenarios. So um, uh, that, that can occur. Yes. Yep. So that, that, will, that covers iron condors in quite some detail in those education series and also uh, exercise and, and so forth. Now, uh, Peter was asking about given the drop in the market due to COVID, overall general recovery we're seeing is this reduced opportunities iron condors. So there was a lot of opportunities for iron condors, Peter, um, post-COVID because of the volatility that was in the market. In more recent times, there has been some, but there has been less because volatility has gone down. But volatility is still better than what it was pre-COVID. Um, but, um, you know, in terms of things lining up and meeting all our rules, there hasn't been a, uh, a huge amount of trades. Uh, that have been coming up for iron condors, but they have been there uh, fairly regularly. Um, but uh, post-COVID, there was some great trades there. Um, you don't get them that often. All right. Now, uh, Brian, uh, Ivan, g'day, Ivan. Uh, one, if one standard deviation with 20% uh, volatility, uh, if one standard deviation correlates with 20% volatility, what's the volatility percentage associated with half a standard deviation? Um, I'm not sure specifically what, what you're saying, but, but if you're talking let me, about... Let me ask it in another way, I think, which, which might be, is one standard deviation correlates to a 20% move? I don't know. Actually, a $20 no, move? 20%, 20, 20%, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, it, it, 20%, it, well, anyway. You, you it, get it, the it, it, it's not quite one-to-one, -one, um, yeah. but, yeah, uh, this, I'll get the calculation. There's a 
role that yeah <laughs> <laughs> give Ivan a call uh, Brian you've got his number yeah um, yeah <laughs> um all right, so long straddle, right? So um, long straddle is, you know, it's it's almost like the opposite. Uh, you hold, hold the opposite view to an iron condor, almost. There can be some differing factors that get you to your conclusion you want to do the trade. But it gives you the ability to profit if the market moves in either direction. Um, you lose if the market or the stock that you're trading stays flat, right? Um, you... The setup of the trade is very simple. You buy a call option and a put option at the same price. And you expect volatility to rise for that asset. Right? So you think that the share price is going to go up significantly or down significantly. And overall, that would indicate the volatility will increase. Um, but you definitely benefit from volatility increasing. Right? Um, and so... Um, in our scenario here, um, if the share price goes uh, falls or goes up, there's a certain point where um, it improves. Uh, well, we we start making money, right? And um, the maximum profit on this trade is unlimited. Is is unlimited on the upside, um, but it's only limited down on the downside. You know, as far as the share price can fall. So uh, you can make very good money on this trade if the market falls significantly or goes up significantly, and that is generally what you're punting on if you're going to go into a long straddle. Um, the maximum loss for the trade is if you were to get into the trade and you were to stay in it all the way through to expiry um, and the share price uh, doesn't move, then you'll basically lose the premium on both the options. All right? And the other thing to mention is that it hits you twice on time decay. Right? So um, you need the move to happen. And generally speaking, you want it to happen fairly quickly, all right? Um, there are different ways of trading it, but that's a general statement. Is that generally, when we're getting into this trade, we want the move to happen as quickly as possible. Right, so difficulty on the trade is 70%. Um, it's probably similar to an iron condor in that regard. It, they're, they're not the most complicated trades to trade if you've got an options calculator, like the implied volatility one. Um, and uh, you can set up and use a strategy builder to set the trade up, so it's clicking of buttons that occurs, um, but you do need to understand what you're doing if you're going to do the trade. And I should mention, Ivan talked about the trade ideas before that he showed on, on Condors, and we also have trade ideas on uh, the breakout trades and, and, and so on and so forth. If you want to get a free trial on our platform, just type in yes at any point in time, and we'll get you set up on that, and also gives you, um, you know, you can trade options through it if, the, if you want to have a look at doing that as well. All right, so the setup for this for a long straddle. Why would I do this trade? Well, there's a couple of things that might be going through my mind when I'm looking at the market. One of them is definitely fundamental analysis is, is a consideration on these particular trades. So you could be looking at reporting season. You could be looking at a significant event that's going to happen on a stock. And you think that, you know what, in a week from now or two weeks from now or going into reporting season or when this thing gets announced uh, or um, whatever it might be, there's going to be a massive amount of movement and volatility that's going to occur with stocks. So that would be one, one, one. There could be a binary outcome on a bid they're going for, uh, or a reporting season. This is a commonly used strategy, uh, and so that would be a setup. Uh, a, a common setup would be a break, or it's 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 at a key level, all right? So this is a 52-week high, as this is here. 
you're going, well, if it fails, it's going to come off fairly significantly, but if it breaks this significant level that I would expect it to continue up and to continue up strongly, all right? So I'm looking at this air, this level up here, and kind of like a, a binary outcome is that it's going to either break or fail at that level, uh, and if it breaks up, it goes. If it fails down, it goes. And when the market heads up and, 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 and nestles against one of these key support levels, um, quite often on that, you'll also see that the volatility generally is at, at lower levels. All right? But then if it falls off that level uh, or significantly breaks, we can see volatility either maintain itself on the upside as it breaks through or um, uh, volatility spike if it's to fail at that level as we see in this level here. And so what we want on the trade is the movement, which that would give us a net scenario here. And we would also want the volatility to increase uh, so that the value of our calls and puts naturally goes up uh, with that increase, right? So that's a long straddle. The setup of the trade, um, geez, this was a while ago, but um, we, were, we were trading long straddles fairly actively at this point in time because volatility, uh, was quite low, uh, and if we think back to this time here, which wasn't that long ago, back in March, uh, well, the expiry on, date on this trade was the 19th of March, and I think I actually did this particular trade. Um, the strike was 7,100, uh, so I am buying a call option at 7,100 and buying a put option at 7,100, expiring 19th of March, excuse me. Um, volatility at this point in time, I, I, I'm not sure what implied volatility was today, but it's been sort of... Uh, around that 20% mark, uh, give or take, um, it was down at 10% uh, at this point in time, um, and it got and it could get a little bit lower. Um, so in this instance here, my break even on the trade, if I was to go through all the way through expiry, 60 was 62 and 72. But when we do these trades, we generally speaking have no intention of taking ourselves all the way through to expiry. Um, uh, Peter, it doesn't matter to me, European or American, with this strategy. Um, so on the payoff diagram, um, we, um, if we hold the trade, uh, we can see that our loss is realised, um, but what we want to occur is the movement. And the faster the movement happens, uh, the better it is for our return because we're paying for time uh, each side of the trade on the call and on the put, right? Um, and so, uh, in, in this instance here, if um, we, we, you know, if we get up, get into a trade, and the market goes up or down, we see that we make money. But the further that time decay occurs, so 14 days into the trade, I need the, to have gone up 200 points to make $1,700, and I needed to have gone down uh, to, uh, you know, down 200 points or so or more, uh, well, nearly 300 points. 14 days in to have made the similar sort of money with the, with the setup that I had on this particular trade. However, volatility increasing on the downside will have rewarded me. So if a fall like that to occur, volatility would have gone, most likely have gone up significantly and I could have made uh, a profit out of that. But basically that's to give you a, a feel on the trade. Uh, we want it to occur and generally when we set ourselves up on the trade, if we go back to the technicals on it, we're expecting if something happens, it's either going to break through and go up off these key levels, and this is a 52-week high, and we look for key levels. So just not every other um, 
uh, not every other uh, support and resistant line necessarily is good enough for us to want to do this trade. Um, but um, we, we expect that when these breaks happen or these fails happen, that our move will happen fairly quickly and we'll be able to um, and make a good profit off the back of, of a smaller move. So in this instance here, we showed what would happen if volatility stayed the same in the market, moved up or down. If the volatility increased by 30%, which isn't a significant move, um, we can immediately, today on today's bells, we can see that just that volatility move makes the trade profitable by itself. Right? So if there's a, a big move, um, Trump gets coronavirus, whatever it might be, or something other major significant thing happens, uh, it obviously significantly increases uh, the return that we're making. All right, so that is a long straddle. Um, Tony's asked, uh, well, our tech is on the Aussie market, Tony. Right. Um, okay, so trading a breakout. So we've talked about how to make money when the market's going. We expect the market to stay within a range. We've looked at it where we're at a pivot point or we're entering to a major reporting period and we want to trade off the basis that we expect a significant move to happen and or volatility to increase. Uh, now how do we make money if we expect there to be a significant move up or down? So we're talking about trading breakouts, right? Now how do we make money when we think the market's going to break out and what, uh, what data do we observe in arriving at our conclusion to do a trade like this? Um, so we're going to run through quickly and, and again uh, in our education um, uh, series there is a lot more information on technical analysis and, and all of the topics we're talking about tonight. So if you're new to it, apologies, we'll cover it pretty quickly. If you're experienced, again, we'll go through it pretty quickly. Right, so key levels, support and resistance, moving average, average directional index, ADX and candlesticks. These are the rules that we use. These are the technical, sorry, the technical data that we observe when identifying a breakout trade. Right. So the key things that we're looking at, and we'll go through uh, it, is if we go back to this point on this chart here where we've got the arrow, the questions that we're asking us, first question is, is the share price above a major resistance level? And for us, that's a 52-week high. Right. So is it going to break a major level? The next question, and if that's a yes, we go to the next question. If it's not, we, we, we move on, right? Is the 50-day moving average above the 200-day moving average? So this red line here is the 50-day moving average. Is it crossing over the 200-day moving average? Is it, if that is that golden cross, as it's referred to, if that occurs, then we go on to point, or if it has occurred previously, and then we're saying the, the sentiment with the market, the momentum of the market is with the buyers and overall the trend is up. Is the, is the share price above the 50-day moving average? Um, is it another important question for us? And that, that it is. Is the 50-day moving average trending up? That it is. And unfortunately, they don't have the 20-day moving average on it, uh, the, the, the ADX on this chart, but is the ADX above 20? And in this instance, it was. So that's our four-step question, the questions that we're asking ourselves to identify a breakout trade. And when we're doing a breakout trade, we expect there to be, just like when we're using, uh, a, when we're setting up for a straddle, technically we are talking before, when we're at a, at, a, at, a, at a level where the market will break, what we expect when it breaks a significant level is that a move will occur and that the move will be significant, 
We don't expect it to be a small move. We expect it to be a significant move. So we're trading a breakout and we're going into a bullish trade. We're not setting up the trade thinking, oh, we might make 15% return on this trade, trading an option strategy. No, we're thinking we're going after 100% plus return here. Um, and so uh, it's just it's the mindset we go into when we trade this in this particular uh, with this particular with this particular setup on this particular trade. All right, and the strategy we use is an at the money bull put spread, right, which we would call a lit long leading indicator trend trading long trade. Right, it's getting into another conversation, going in and explaining the detail around that, but it's a pretty simple setup, right? Um, and we've got a specific strategy that we use and price up, and we also have a repair strategy on this, so we don't sustain this trade um, endlessly. If the things happen and it breaks certain levels, uh, then we go into a repair mode and say, if it's not a breakout, it's a fake out, and when it's a fake out, we expect the move to go against us significantly, and um, we will move and change our position um, to trade the fake out, and that's where um, you know some of the most significant returns that have been made using this trading strategy have been trading the trading and repairing the trade and moving to a fake out scenario because that's when you get these types of collapses where people can make many, many multiples on the trade going into the trade. So breakout trading, it's not necessarily for the faint hearted. Uh, we trade into it on a view that a significant move will happen. And you know, and when you're talking about trading and um, you know, the, a, a lot of the times, um, and, and I can be guilty of this as well, fairly conservative in my approach to trading, and I like to get uh, a, a high percentage right, but it doesn't matter the percentage you get right. It, manages, it matters on balance how much you make. And uh, breakout trading is definitely focused on, uh, on and return in our approach there. All right? So... With any of the trades that we put together, um, we are very much rule-based and trading system-based. Um, we want to be able to put together a trading strategy where we can profit from any market that we're facing. Um, the old saying that I like to wheel out is that if the only tool you've got is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. If you're trading the market looking for bullish trades all, all the time because that's how you do your analysis um, or because that's the instrument you trade, a lot of the time, the market's going sideways or it's bearish, uh, but you are forced to, if you're going to trade, have to find bullish trades, right? We want to be in a position where we can just look at the market, observe it for what it is, and then choose the strategy that will make us money in that market condition. Uh, we're going to reduce the amount of uh, risk we take in the market, be as rule-based as possible, keep it as simple as possible so that we can remove the emotion and make it um, and, and, and really be, make it as mechanical as we can. Um, and a lot of what we, all the things we look at are quant architects. So we, we go back and back tests everything we're doing, looking at uh, hundreds of thousands or even millions of data points uh, to be able to build our rules from the ground up. Um, the leading indicator trend trading system is our breakout trades. We also have um, the iron condors. And this is all built into our trading platform, um, which is designed specifically for options traders to be able to look at the market, analyse and um, get better data uh, to make decisions with. Um, anyway, that, enough, enough of going into that side of it. If, if you um, want to get any more of that education, type in education for all those people that have will get you set up. If you would like access to our platform, um, then um, I'll skip through that. Then uh, we are more than happy to give you a, a trial for 30 days on that platform. Just type yes into the chat box. Uh, it's the best trading uh, technology in Australia. 
Uh, it's the cheapest way to trade options. Uh, you can backtest your strategies. You can scan the market for trades. You get our quant-tested trade ideas with it uh, and all the award-winning tools that have been bought, built into this platform. Our platform has been built for options traders by options traders and everything we're doing is about improving the technology but also improving people's ability to be able to understand how to harness it. So um, there you go. There's a little bit of our, uh, I guess, a, a little bit about a, a bit of a sales pitch uh, to end the session for tonight. But what we'd like to do now is if anyone's got any questions, and there are a couple of questions that have come up and I'll come back to in one moment, please type them into the chat box and uh, we'll go into any questions. And again, um, if you want to come back to the sessions, by booking in tonight, I believe you're in the series. Uh, so we'll send you a reminder next week. Um, we'll put this session up on the, on the website. Um, if you would like to, please forward the invite on to friends if you'd like to introduce anyone else to the session. Uh, next week, we have got Nathan Germain and Greg Tolpigeon speaking. Um, and uh, these guys are, are a very, very accomplished traders. Um, Greg Tolpigeon is the head prop trader at Glen Eagle Securities. Um, I believe in last time I was, uh, we had him on a session which was, um, which got amazing feedback. Uh, he's, I think he's had one losing quarter in the last um, decade um, and he runs a significant book. Um, very, very active. I know people that um, in the markets that speak incredibly highly of him. Um, he uh, he's been a, a prop trader for uh, for uh, some major investment banks, Citigroup, Bankers Trust, Macquarie Bank. Um, he's on the television a bit. Um, he's a guest panelist, uh, a columnist, I should say, for the AFR and uh, and a whole heap of other publications as well. Uh, and uh, very very interesting guy. So he's going to be sharing some of his methods at. Um, uh, at Picking Direction and some of the strategies he used. We've also got Nathan Germain, who's a funds manager, runs his own fund, uh, and a very active options trader, very, very good trader and funds manager. And so they're both going to be sharing some of them, uh, some of their trading systems. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, if, you, uh, if you're new to this, some of the education you do in the meantime will help you leverage what you're getting out of these sessions, but you'll get a lot out of it just coming in and listening listening to them talk. So they'll be back next week. Um, all right. So uh, Peter has asked, is the platform in app form or is it, uh, or is the platform worthy when viewed on an iPad? Yeah, you can view it on an iPad. Absolutely. I look at it from my phone. In terms of doing analysis and charting and so forth, that is best on, um, done on a, um, uh, on a, on a, on a, on a iPad or on a computer. Uh, but, but take the tri trial, Peter, and, and have a play around with it. Uh, there's some, some tricks to it. So have a chat to Tim Gildersdale, who's in charge of support and education, and uh, he'll be able to step you through um, setting it up on your, uh, on your iPad and, and, and how to get it set up. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, Danak is actually coming, by the way, uh, oh, in the not-too-different future. So we, we've, uh, we've got one for the equity platform. Um, that we've released for the for the um, for the Android, um, and that that works pretty well. Um, so that you know that gives you an icon and all that kind of stuff. It's not in the App Store yet, but uh, it'll be coming in 
uh, we're just testing out the apple, yeah. uh, the the apples, and uh, that's probably in the next week or two. Uh, and then we should be able to, we should be extending that app out to the uh, to the IV platform as well. So getting closer. Yep. Uh, uh, Samir's asked, uh, would we consider for IV creating a three to six month paid demo to help new starters grasp before committing to real trades? Yeah, we would. Speak to Tim about it. Um, he'll circle back to me and we'll get something sorted for you. Um, would you prefer to use, Samir again, uh, would you prefer to use options for longer term trades like two to three months or any period? All right, so in terms of time frame on the trade, I mean, it's going to come down to trading style, strategy, and some other factors as to uh, what the market's doing. But it, it really just depends. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so you can you can definitely go uh, longer term. Um, but generally speaking, most people, if they're buying options, um, yeah, are probably going out two months into that six to, to, six, to six weeks to three months. Uh, and selling, I don't know. Did you, you know, there's there's too many sort of general generalist points you can make, but you know, there's no real answer to that question, I guess. It's but just, yeah, like you're, you're the best kind of the best bang for buck is around about 45 days. That's typically where you get the most amount of time to count on selling. So yeah, you, you generally don't go more than 60 days um, unless you're doing something like protecting a portfolio. And you want to take a long view on that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, would I be five days is a magical number? Um, would I be catered for both naked and covered options, or only the naked options? We don't so, do naked, uh, <laughs> um, but Ivan, do you want to expand on that? Yeah. So just to be clear, the definition um, of naked would typically is something without protection. Um, and, yeah, we, we we don't allow naked options. Uh, we've seen too many people blow up um, over a very long period of time um, doing those strategies. Uh, so typically we would encourage, uh, encourage like Dan, Dan Andrews encourage, um, uh, for you to have some protection if you're trading with us. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you're if you're looking to sell a call option, for example, we typically suggest heavily uh, to to buy a call option above it, um, so that that black swan event that happens way too often um, doesn't doesn't blow you out of the water. Yeah, that one in a hundred years thing that happens every six months. Um, yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Is the uh, I've answered that one. Let me go back up. There was a couple um, that I think I might have missed up. Why buy? Okay, um, I think I half answered that. With the long straddle, do you look to close the position separately? Um, hang on. So this is a good this is a good question. So with a long straddle, do you look to close the position separately when they are each at max profit? So uh, the nature of a straddle is that um, if there is a strong move move in either direction, uh, you will have that entire strategy um, be profitable. So you really need to look at them both together. Um, and uh, the you would typically be more closing it out 
before expiry date, but you would typically be closing them both down together. So um, yes, in some situations, what would happen is you expect a breakout to happen. That breakout happens, you go, okay, I'm now expecting there, there to be a retracement. Um, and so you kind of say, okay, let's say it's breakout to the upside, you close down the call option. Um, it can't ever reach a maximum profit because um, theoretically a stock can move up uh, to infinity. Um, but of course it's not practical. So um, now I remember speaking to a uh, to a guy who works at the ASX now along with, with Graham O'Brien um, who used to uh, run a very sizable market-making book at, at UBS. He used to love buying a long straddle, but he told me this one thing. He goes, the amount of times people have got that wrong, uh, typically you expect a breakout. Uh, once a breakout happens, close down both of those legs, and if you still have a view on the market correcting, put a different strategy on, um, because now that's a different view. Um, so very powerful strategy, but, but trade them. Yep. Together. So what you're saying there, Ivan, is um, that um, you've got you, your idea to do a straddle um, is an idea in itself. Um, but if you get the move, well, you take your profit. You don't dick around yeah. and try and uh, buy one back and try and make money out of it. I mean, by virtue of the fact that it's a breakout, um, you know, generally what you're considering is a significant move. If you get that move, that doesn't mean it's going to be the end of it. You probably just Correct. run out of. Yeah, uh, when you close out. Uh, but I would agree wholeheartedly um, if you do the trade, then you take your profit and then you move on. And if there's another opportunity out there, reset your trade. Um, don't yeah. roll with. Yeah. Bill yeah. Crawley asked a really good question, which was, does your model take into account the spreads in the market for all four legs? So a couple of things on that. So uh, when we go in and trade iron condors, we'll typically trade them Typically, again, I'm going to bring a Dan Andrews typical in this. Um, there is only one option with this with our platform, really. Uh, but you can, but it's too hard. Um, we trade that as a, as a telemate combination, which means that all of the four legs are tradable at the same time. Uh, we've also done a lot of work on uh, figuring out how different is the uh, market from the midpoint. Uh, sorry, how different is the filled price versus the theoretical price that we calculate? Um, and we found that they're, they're pretty close. Uh, so we have factored in the amount of market makers that exist in the underlying stock, uh, which will typically mean that if you've got six market makers competing for the same extra accommodation trade, then you'll be very close to getting it filled uh, at the midpoint or the theoretical price um, that we, we display. Um, more the latter than the first because they, they tend to, market makers can at times skew the price depending on their own position. But uh, the theoretical prices that are in the platform are typically, uh, especially for things like iron condors, that uh, we trade at the money, we don't trade too far away, um, I have a very good correlation around where you're going to get filled. Um, so uh, long answer to your question, a very detailed one, but uh, Philip, did you, you trade? Um, that yeah, we we have factored that in. All right. Um, okay. Um, just the last one. Peter said, "Is there a twenty-minute call webinar Thursday, two p.m.?" Um, there is a. We've got a session on Thursday. 
um, each week called The Next Big Trade, which is at midday. Um, so uh, you're welcome to come and join that session. Um, and uh, you can book in there from our newsletter in the morning or if uh, you're not already booked in and you would like to join, type in next and that will come in. And over the next, uh, well, starting from now, sandbox environments open on the options game. You can get in there and you can start practice trading the live market conditions. Um, each week we're going to have a different uh, trader on. Start, you know, Tonight's the first kickoff there. Every Thursday we're going to be uh, doing our sessions um, in, during the day, uh, talking about what we see in the market and uh, looking at the trades that we've been doing and that our trade recommendations have been putting forward uh, and that, that, that our team are seeing. So, you know, there's lots of stuff going on over the next little period of time. Get immersed in it and, um, you know, uh, it, if we can be of any assistance, please just shout out. Um, uh, Josh has asked, Josh was asked, uh, can orders ever be too big to get filled? Um, yeah, look, most definitely. Uh, the liquidity on different stocks uh, is different. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you can, um, generally speaking, as a, as a, as a private trader. Super quickly, yeah, I did have one situation in my life, which was James Hardy, where I was trying to do a trade, which was notionally like two or three times bigger than the average daily volume for the last like three weeks uh, mm. about two years ago. That was tough. Um, I still managed to fill it, but um, uh, it was something that just, it was an iron condor that, that just went completely against me. And um, I, did, I did get out. It took me a day. Uh, but I did, get, I did get out of it and I paid a little bit over. Um, that was the one and only time I had an issue. Um, and James Hardy is not a very liquid stock um, and there was sort of there was other, other reasons there. But um, for the majority, especially, you know, XJ, um, almost unlikely unless you're um, JP Morgan, um, and for the top 20, very liquid, um, once you start going out to the top 20 to sort of the, the next 30, still fine, uh, but starting to get a little bit trickier. Um, if you're trading big size uh, and then lower than that, yeah, uh, sometimes again. Uh, but there's a thumbs up, thumbs down in the strategy, in the, sorry, in the um, stock screener, um, and you can see which ones have a lot of market maker support, um, which underlying stocks don't. So if there's a thumbs up, you're not going to have any problems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it's one of the reasons why um, trading as a private trader is a massive advantage in that you're small and nimble. Um, having had to manage big orders for a long period of time uh, in the options market, um, yeah, it's uh, definitely better to be unencumbered uh, and to be able to move quickly by yourself. Although, when we put out a trade idea, we always get market makers to um, quote on them, um, and uh, people go in at their own leisure. All right, Keith, what are the, the – Cap uh, has asked uh, where the recordings for today's session. Uh, so this will be – once the session has uh, gone through our um, compliance and uh, approved and ticked off, it will be put up on the uh, – if you go to the REACH website – uh, it'll be up there under um, trading uh, or, or, sorry, uh, events and under trading. 
All right, you'll be able to pick it up from there. Uh, but we'll send a link out to everyone. So uh, we'll send you a, a note with the recording tomorrow. For us newsbees, is there a video that shows quick analysis of a chart? Yes, there is. If you typed in education, you will get all of that edu basic line education. Um, Tony, a lot of traders are taking trades based on the same idea from the same software. Isn't it self-defeating? Um, I guess there's a point, Tony, where uh, that could be the case, but really um, uh, it's not an issue that we're faced with at the moment. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it could be. Just, just something on this um, that for, for the majority of us, um, or for, for anyone who's new to options, I should say, um, the interesting thing is, is is that options are not a zero-sum game. So what that means is that if two people are buying uh, and selling, say, Telstra, as, as an example, there's a good chance that one of those is going to lose and one of them is going to make money. Uh, with options, because of the nature of the market and it's a derivative, uh, ultimately you have market makers that take on the risk. They then hedge out with stock. Uh, and so there is a very good, op there is a very good uh, possibility where because the market makers are facilitating the, facilitating the exchange and we'll have uh, one of the market makers talk about that in the, uh, over the session, uh, not, not the session, over this course, um, you will have the situation where um, uh, they ultimately facilitate that transfer of risk from the options market into the equity market and, and, and vice versa. So um, where you've got a situation where we've got a trade idea, if it's a, if it's a trade idea that we know will get interest, where we've got, a high degree of confidence on it, we will go to a market maker and prearrange a price uh, and then put that back into the into the trading system uh, so that everyone who's going and saying, okay, we go on and say, okay, we'll have X amount of uh, trading to do, the market maker will then start pre-adjusting their position in the market, in the in the physical equities market, to take on the, uh, the trade idea that we've done. Uh, and so on that basis, it's not self-defeating. Self uh, it's only self-defeating if... Uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to put on such some, some massive trade into the market that is bigger than what the market maker can then go out uh, and actually um, uh, hedge out into the into the market. So um, it, it's nowhere near as as drastic as you think. Um, unlike, for example, if you look at um, uh, let's say a, a penny stock uh, trading a trade idea system where someone pushes out a, a trade idea for uh, some stock that's worth two cents uh, and then waits for everyone to buy up uh, on the back of that trade idea and then sells out at three. You know, like, that's not the kind of thing that you get with options. Um, Peter has asked, what rough percentage of trades do you guys rely, rely mainly on technical analysis? What percentage on technical versus fundamental? Okay, so... Um, Next week, you'll hear from Nathan, who uses a combination of technical and fundamental, mainly technical. Um, uh, Greg Toll Pigeon uh, looks at every bit of information he can possibly get his hands on. Um, he's an absolute sponge, and he's got the processing power and experience to be able to use all of that. Um, I use technical analysis. Um, there are some instances where leading into a reporting season, we start might start observing information, but um, realistically I use technical analysis to make my decisions and having sat in investment teams for a long period of time, I'm convinced that uh, that's where people can get an edge from or traders get most of their edge from. Um, I don't 
in, for those shorter term moves um, really uh, understand or, or have observed any major success in using fundamental uh, to arrive at decisions. Uh, Ivan, yourself? Um, the, I, I don't necessarily view implied volatility as a technical analysis tool per se because it's really forward thinking and forward looking um, and it comes from it's effectively like another thing like price. So the thing that we're really looking at is price, how's price reacted and um, how's implied volatility, um, where is implied volatility trading relative to its past, which really one can argue is in the technical analysis bucket, but it's um, it's much broader. So I, more than anything, look at implied volatility uh, and more importantly, the implied volatility rank um, and then make my decisions as to how to position my my trades on the back of that. Um, so uh, I'm more interested in the fundamental flow um, of, uh, sorry, I'll rephrase that. I'm more interested in the flow. Uh, where are people coming, where is the supply and demand for a stock um, as opposed to um, where a Bollinger Band is um, or even support resistance or some channel um, or what the PE ratio of the stock is. I care if a fund's buying that stock. Um, and is that going to continue? That's probably yeah. the best answer I can give to that question. Uh, Tony said, so stick to higher liquidity stocks as the underlying. Yes, and I think that um, the market maker that we will have come on and in the session with Graham O'Brien, we, uh, we will be asking them lots of questions around this particular topic to give you some more colour there and they will be explaining exactly the what factors impact um, uh, price uh, and your ability um, to get uh, trades away in and out uh, as effectively as possible. All right. Uh, thank you, Peter, for your participation. Much appreciated. Um, okay. Have you ever done options trade with only one leg and do you encourage that? Um, why, why, why are you laughing? Um, um, how have my put options gone? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, no, yes, uh, they don't always work and that nothing, nothing always works. And, um, but um, uh, the, the question is, do we just buy calls or just buy puts? I guess we'll say buy calls and buy puts because we don't do naked. If it was one leg, it'd be naked unless we had stock or uh, cash covering it. But um, we, yeah, absolutely. If your view is uh, bullish, the right the right thing to do a lot of the time is just a buy a call option or if it's bearish, just a buy a put option. Um, I and think uh, around with strategies sometimes is a waste of time and there's extra brokerage and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, definitely. When I started uh, trading, all I ever did was calls, buy calls and, and buy puts based on a, on a technical view. So, yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that I, um, I will say after my recent experience, um, and this is the first time, it's actually the first time in a while that I've done a single put option and I did it out of the money because I had a very strong conviction on where the market was going, um, which, to be fair, was actually more right than wrong. Um, the market is lower than, than when I put on both of those puts. Um, I didn't scale in fully into the position um, because nothing really happened um, quite like I expected. The you know, market didn't really pop up too high. 
there was no blow off top, which I expected. Um, and then when the market broke down, it didn't continue going down. So I didn't get to really put on the position that I was expecting. But one thing, and one thing is good about that, that, you know, the trade was a loser. It wasn't a big loser. But one thing that I've learned for myself is that if I'm buying one leg to do it in the money, not out of the money, um, because there's capital preservation involved there. And I know that I've done the stats on this, I've done the numbers, but I still didn't do it. And the second part is is that um, I don't know if I will ever bring myself uh, to putting on a single-legged position ever again. Um, that's probably the last time I've ever done that. Um, so I will. Um, I knew that I should have done it in this occasion, uh, I think, and I um, should have put on a spread. You, you were trading a view um, where something significant would play out, not not a small move, right? So yeah, and uh, uh, I, 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 yeah. Okay, the, the one thing that I've learned is that no matter how uh, confident you are of a move happening, that big move rarely happens. Yeah. So just sell the leg below yeah. it at <laughs> the point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah. if that move is like a hundred point within a range or something like that, um, then yeah, barefoot, got- barefoot's still going to be better. Uh, and again, I you know I did the stats on this. There's a there's a video on the education portal that talks about comparing a significant move based on one of the options game moves, where we you know how much better is doing a put option versus a uh, a barefoot option a barefoot trade um, and even though the market fell significantly below the sold leg of that trade, um, I mean, it was like a 150-point spread and the market fell at 250 points. It was still better off to do the spread because you ended up, A, putting on a bigger position, B, you weren't impacted by volatile, by time decay, and C, um, it, it, you just need, like, ultimately the break-even is like a five 600-point move, not a, um, yeah, anyway. It's 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 bizarre. So I think that I've learned a lesson. So that's my that's me laughing at this trade. I think I've, I've this is probably the last time um, I'm ever doing that again. All right. Well, I'll oh, mind you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, any other questions? Um, Thank you for um, putting the time into joining us tonight and thank you for all of the questions that have been asked um, and the engagement. We look forward to um, the next couple of weeks and uh, bringing these sessions through um, outside of this. If you've got questions on our platform, uh, if you go in and play the options trading game, you need support on that, speak to Tim Gildersdale and our team. Um, or if he's not available, any of the other people on the team can give you some assistance there. Um, uh, for those of you that request the education, we'll get that sent through. If those of you that typed in yes to get a trial on our platform, uh, we'll organise that 30-day trial for you tomorrow. So I'll be in contact. And um, thank you for, uh, for being online, Ivan. Thank you. I'll speak to you. Um, I'll give you a buzz on the way home. Um, see you guys. Good. Night. Good. See you, mate. Yeah.